Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Practice Squad. The Practice Squad is a new show on the Gan the Fan podcast, the third out of three new shows that I am rolling out on my podcast, and this is going to be a football-centric show. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be focused on the NFL Draft. I am having my friend Joe Siegel join me on the podcast today. You heard him once before. Uh, he he came on the podcast to kind of recap the Super Bowl uh, a few months ago after the big game, after Tom Brady and the Bucks won the Super Bowl. And so today we're going to be talking NFL draft. We're going to be especially analyzing the quarterbacks in this draft as they very much are dictating a lot of the conversation around the draft in general. Uh, there's a lot of interesting scenarios that could that could play out as far as landing spots for these quarterbacks. And then we're going to talk about, too, just kind of the scouting and preparation that goes into the NFL draft. Um, what prior coaches and GMs have said about how to scout quarterback talent and, and things of that nature. And this is really a taste of what more you are going to get on the practice squad. You know, we have the draft approaching and then we're going to have a little bit of a quiet period, you know, as the NFL offseason really hits when there's really not much going on other than OTAs and until training camp starts. Um, but then once once the games get back into full swing and we can even talk about preseason and and fantasy buildup and, and things like that, uh, you're going to see some more episodes of the practice squad. So this is a taste of more to come and we're going to have more guests um in addition to joe on this show in the future so i hope you enjoy and without further ado joe's gonna come on and we are going to talk in detail about the nfl the 2021 nfl draft Okay, joining me now on the podcast, you've heard him once before, dishing out some Super Bowl hot takes with Alex, and uh, today he's going to be talking NFL draft with me. This is Joe Siegel joining me now. How you doing, Joe? Doing awesome. Really appreciate it. I've uh, been scouring some draft podcasts, been in the lab, so looking forward to uh, talking with you, Josh. Me too, man. <laughs> I, I got to say, I have not like been as thorough researched, I think, as you have in the, in the draft NFL draft game, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna need your expertise today, uh, I mean, man. Yes, the, yeah, the values in the crumbs, the money's in the crumbs, and the late rounds. I'll I'll do my best. Oh, I'll okay. Yeah, I'll, pod. I'll do my best. Okay, <laughs> I like that little little nugget of wisdom there. So, um, I've I've always been a fan of the draft, even if I don't really watch college football religiously or anything like that. It's just a really cool night. I feel like it's like the one night a year that almost almost all teams have like some some glimmer of hope. Yeah, a glimmer of hope. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, what's your what's do you have any like we'll we'll say memories of the draft or like how important is the draft to you as a as an NFL fan? Yeah. So my brothers and I are super close. It's been kind of a thing we have a group chat. We'll bond over it. And I uh, my friend Luke and I, who I uh, have known since I was a child, we kind of have a tradition now of I'll go to his house for the draft. So while well, we were, unfortunately, had to skip last year, yeah. but uh, we'll try to uh, get back into that this year. So, yes, it's, it's always a big, big deal for football um, family. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Oh, I imagine it is, yeah. I know I last year I was supposed to go watch the draft with some friends, too. The first time, like, I would be able to 
do that after moving to Richmond, and then it was just like, nope, never mind. And then we watched like one of the weirdest drafts of all time. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna, you know, it's it's nice that this year will feel a little bit more normal in mm-hmm. that regard. Um, so with with all that being said, we've got I think a really interesting draft this year. Lots, it's quarterback heavy. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams honestly looking to make a splash. Um, we've already seen a ton of pre-draft trades, like way more than than I remember in years past. Um, but when it comes to just you know draft strategy in general, so many so many teams do it right and so many teams do it wrong. So what what do you makes a successful draft for a team? You know, coming in whether you've got seven all seven picks more than that or, or less, what makes a successful draft? Yeah, I just first and foremost kind of um, addressing underlying needs. So uh, if you can, you know, rather be trading back and get value, I always listen to a PFF pod and there's always value in trading back, it seems, um, with that. But yeah, just addressing needs. So if you're able to get a starter that can, uh, you know, get that 800 to 1,000 snaps a season. So, um, you know, what to, what to do, what not to do. So I, I look at, you know, how many, you know, unsuccessful, frankly, organizations, they look at that shiny object, that, that elite prospect. So for example, like, um, 2018 with Saquon Barkley, the Giants had a lot, a lot of needs, but they went with you know the hot offensive guy. And while you know it is a hyperbolic example, he was the offensive rookie of the year by all by all accounts, had a successful season. Uh, they were still you know finished five and eleven and at, at the bottom of the NFC East, which is you know, obviously historically a weak division. So no. you know getting that shiny prospect, I think it's kind of the equivalent of you know going to the club and making it rain and not having <laughs> money to pay your rent. So it's just it's just very important to. Uh, address needs get as many starters uh, you know as you can whether that be trading back or mm. uh going for value there that's some that that's a good analogy that's some like colin coward uh level analogy i appreciate that um yeah i i completely agree i think to me too the more I, the more drafts that i've seen squandered by the bears throughout my lifetime yeah. as a bears fan the more i've realized i really think I mean, and you may disagree, but I, I really think best player available mm. is, like, that's kind of the way to, at least in the first and early rounds. I, I just think there's a lot of teams, a lot, or a lot of fan bases, a lot of times, like, we, we see these uh, almost romanticized op- opinions of our teams that, like, oh, mm. we're just a piece away. We just yeah. need, you know, Eagles fans this year are like, yeah. man, if we had a receiver, <laughs> yeah. we'd, be, we'd be back in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it's, just, uh... it's so hard to, it's so hard to, like, look at it from a just a purely a needs-based uh, situation. I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to sports, uh, NFL draft, like sports radio, you know, they can talk about the draft forever. It's one of the biggest things in the pie chart that, you know, you know, draws people to the phones, draws people listening. And, yeah, like you said, it, it's essentially traffic and hope. But I know you, you mentioned that uh, as a Bears fan, there's really – you haven't had a lot of reasons to hope. And it right. gives you a, that little glimmer. So, yeah, best available. And as we'll talk about, you know, later in the pod, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't really have anything. So finding that mm. how important the quarterback is is, uh, yeah, definitely, um, you know, something you need to address in the draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know this is um, something that's becoming a lot more common in the NFL is teams – mortgaging their future by trading draft picks to go snag a star you know the i think the rams have to be the most notorious for this in the league right now it's just you know whether first it was jalen ramsey mm-hmm. they go and i mean he's he's been a stud for them and then this year in the offseason it was trading for matt stafford to get a more i i guess all pro like quarterback behind center there so 
you see other teams starting to copy this too, like the Seahawks and a few others where where they're willing to trade away picks for stars. I I'm curious, you know, we I kind of you kind of already talked about this in the last question about what makes a successful draft, but do you think if one of these teams were to win a title and and you you see like more success from a team like the Rams who have traded away so many picks, do you think that makes a draft any less valuable? Yeah, so, I mean, just using the Rams as, you know, again, just one of the major examples of essentially, you know, win now, I think probably that has a lot to do with Sean McVay being in the management's ear of, you know, just how young he is and whether this kind of blows up on him, uh, he'll he's young enough to get a chance elsewhere. So that's true. So I think a lot of that's, you know, to do with McVay. Um, and, yeah, just to kind of answer your question, I think um, – I think the draft is valuable, and I know you and I uh, always like to make things personal, but you and I have a mutual friend, Joe Skolnick, and uh, one mm-hmm. thing he says, he doesn't always watch the games, which really bothers me, but he scours Reddit, so I don't know if I should credit him or some Reddit <laughs> user. So if you're out there, Joe, listening, I'm, I'm going to need more from you next, this football season. But the, the bottom line is, like, teams uh, that have won the Super Bowl as of recently, you're either doing it with an all-time great, so you're doing it with Tom Brady, or, you know, like a Peyton Manning, or, or now, um, you know, as of the last five years, you're doing it with a quarterback on a rookie deal. So the bottom line is you got to get, uh, you got to get, you know, weapons that surround yeah, you. See, right, you see, right. Uh, you know, what the, what the what the Browns are doing is getting, it, you know, mm-hmm. as much talent as possible in there. So, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, you got to get it while the getting's good. So, you know, if you can build through the draft, that's the cheapest way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while the Rams... You know, again, looks like they're going for it right now, and I can't fault them for that being aggressive. But you know, building through the draft is, again, the cheapest way, and I think you know most important. <laughs> oh yeah, I I completely agree, and I think, um, it, it's rare that you see the teams that win with the quarterbacks on the rookie deal. Like that's the ideal situation, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs just did it with Mahomes, but mm-hmm. obviously Mahomes is a he's one in a million of. Exactly being so far ahead of the curve at such an early point in his career Mm -hmm. uh it it really takes a special front office to put a team together Mm -hmm. that can win with a quarterback on their rookie deal and there's you know there's actually a lot of young quarterbacks in the league right now that i think are on teams that could do it i look at like a a bills with with josh allen Mm -hmm. still young in his career or or the ravens with lamar Mm -hmm. um there's there's potential for teams like that to continue to build um through the draft even this year even with later picks in the draft and so i'm interested to see who can who can pull off that strategy because to me that's always been the most interesting yeah i remember i remember when the bears made the khalil Mack trade a couple Mm -hmm. years back it was this big deal of like well if you can win with a quarterback on your rookie deal, I mean, obviously, Mitch Trubisky wasn't the quarterback that you want to have on your rookie deal, mm-hmm. but it, it's just, um, it's it's truly, it, it takes a lot of, uh, I think, strategy, also some some luck as well, but that that for sure is the ideal, I think. Yeah, I think um, just the concept of what why I love football so much. I mean, it just kind of mirrors life. You get get your opportunities. And it's it's it can be a short window. You know how many times in life you've had a, a, a decision or choice you made, and you go one way, and you can see how things have, could go differently if you made a decision. So I mean, the windows of people's quote unquote prime, or you know how good a team is. We saw you know the Legion of Boom. How long did that last? That was you know three years. Uh, you know the Atlanta Falcons. They were you know in the Super Bowl, and then they you know were essentially you know in the basement right. of their division. It's just yeah. how how you know short these windows are the rams are going for it right now like you mentioned the saints had a pretty much you know a decade with drew Brees of doing well but they only get one super bowl and just how many you know plays 
uh, can go one way, the ball bounces another. Again, just how you know Mahomes, if somebody's on sides, they might win that Super Bowl. So oh, that's right. yeah, these oh these gosh. windows are small. You gotta you gotta uh, if you have a quarterback, you gotta go for it. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and I think that's why. Like I, all in all, the draft is the best place to build a team. I think, mm-hmm. but when you look, I I think looking we've you we've talked about him a little bit already. Looking at the Rams, they now they now they've got that quarterback that mm-hmm. you can feel confident in. I'm really interested to see what their season looks like because I, I I haven't seen many teams be able to make that move for quarterback and already have such a well-rounded team Mm -hmm. like they do so Mm -hmm. um okay let's get into this draft class itself because there is a lot to talk about and as i mentioned earlier i think the biggest thing to talk about is obviously the quarterbacks um this is a pretty stacked classic quarterbacks in my mind i kind of am thinking of this sort of like the 2018 uh, draft class that had Baker and Lamar and mm-hmm. uh, Josh Allen. There was uh, even even someone that just got traded for Sam Darnold. Like there was so many names in that draft. Um, you had the guys that you had the guys that people felt super confident in, like Sam Darnold. Uh, even even Baker Mayfield. I, I remember people being pretty confident about in that at that time. And then the super big question marks like mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Um, and I see similarities to that in this draft. You, Trevor Lawrence has got to mm-hmm. be the most like sure thing mm-hmm. of a prospect mm-hmm. that we've seen in a long time. And then you've got you know Trey Lance and um, and you've got Fields and guys that that truly are like could be could be the next Josh Allen or could be the next Mitch Trubisky. Right. You just don't you just don't know. Uh-huh. Um, so that I, I and, and with that being said, like. When you talk about scouting quarterbacks, I feel like it's so impossible to re- truly peg down what what is the what's the secret ingredient? What is the what's the equation to figuring out if this guy's going to be good or not? Mm-hmm. What what do you think is the most important thing to look at for for scouting the quarterback? Yeah, first and foremost, just to echo your sentiment. Um, it's essentially a gamble, you know. If you're hitting fifty percent of these first round quarterbacks, you're going to do great, and then. Yeah. Um, you know, second, you know, half of them are going to bust. Um, so something that, that's very interesting to me, um, and this kind of gets recycled every couple of years, but uh, the Hall of Fame coach, Bill Parcells, he had uh, seven rules for drafting a quarterback. So, you know, phone numbers are seven digits, so bear with me here for a second. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and he all, it's a funny because he didn't always follow these rules. I think he drafted Pat White out of West Virginia. He didn't meet <laughs> all of them, but uh, so he's kind of a little bit of hypocrite in, in some sense, but I think it's good, good fodder. So first bullet point, you know, be a three-year starter. Second bullet point, be a senior in college. Third bullet point, graduate from college. Fourth, start 30 games. Five, win 23 of those games. Um, six, you know, two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. And then seven, uh, complete at least, you know, 60% of those passes. So um, just the way college football is, the way college sports is changing with the transfer portal, I don't think, you know, it's necessarily realistic that we would have three-year starters uh, for them to transfer. But, you know, the person that does meet all those, or at least six out of those seven, is Trevor Lawrence, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, probably the most can't-miss prospect since um, Andrew Luck. Um, what what The bullet points that are really interesting to me is the concept of, um, you know, the, the concept of the three-year starter rule. So not just so much putting up stats, but the concept of you are – I mean, these are you know billion dollar businesses. Uh, these NFL teams. So you got you want a guy that can be a CEO. So those leadership qualities, which are so important, and we talked about 
uh, at least in the summer, you know, just off the field, what Trevor Lawrence did with the Black Lives Matter movement and mm. uh, the George Floyd's, you know, taking a stand in the South, what it probably, you know, was not the easiest thing for him to do in that uh, with that, you know, Southern fan base or whatever, kind of, uh, he was able to take a stand and yeah. show support. But, um, so that's the biggest thing being, you know, a three-year starter, uh, being able to, uh, to do that. Because if you look at since 2017, so I'm going to throw some, some quarterbacks at okay, you, uh, yeah. the, the quarterbacks who have only started one year. So it is important to get multiple years. So we do have, uh, Kyler Murray. So I think the verdict's still Ooh. out as to whether you can, you know, truly win with him. Uh, just, uh, selfishly, he's my favorite player in the NFL to watch. Saw him at Oklahoma. Ooh, okay. Yeah, saw him at Oklahoma and West Virginia. That was super, super exciting. One of the best games I've ever been to. So the verdict's still out on Kyler, but I think he's a good quarterback. The next yeah. guy, uh, one-year starter, uh, Dwayne Haskins. And as a Washington football fan, you know, um, not in the business of trashing anybody. He, um, But, you know, just the bottom line is the professionalism just wasn't there as far as um, whether he thought he was, you know, a big deal throwing over 50 touchdowns at Ohio State. But I, I just don't think just from the autopsy of when he was in Washington, you know, um, yeah, just the work ethic was not there. And hopefully he's able to rebound his career uh, where he's at now. And then the last guy, of course, I had to throw a little jab at you on the ropes. Ah, Mitch Trubisky at UNC. (laughs) I understand why you don't watch a draft. The the Bears, you know, hot take. I I really think that Mitch Trubisky draft should be ahead of uh, Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. You have have Deshaun Watson. We don't know, but Deshaun Watson, then Patrick Mahomes in that same draft. So, uh, yeah, so the concept of that that little one-year starter, so multiple years being the CEO is important uh, to me. And then, you know, what what else I judge for these quarterbacks is the concept of adversity. Um, So if you look at the NFL, these quarterbacks, like, with the exception of like Oklahoma, there's not a lot of blue blood college quarterbacks like Alabama. You're you know you're throwing to the most talented guys. Mm-hmm. The windows are always open. You know Ohio State quarterbacks haven't fared super well. You know Notre Dame. Yeah. It's all about. It's kind of filled with guys from NC State, guys from Michigan State, Josh Allen from um, from Wyoming. Yeah. So these guys that are have to battle adversity where the windows are smaller and they're not necessarily throwing to the most talented guys. Um, you know just how much are you able to battle adversity? So. You know, characters bred through that, so that would be at least my two bullet points. The okay, concept of yeah. starting games, and then um, you know, is he able to battle adversity? Like we'll get into it, but Mac Jones is going to be kind of very hard for me to evaluate with, considering he had you know more All Americans on his offense, and right. he had more All Americans than the Big Ten of the Big Twelve combined. So, oh my god, yeah. So he's oh uh, he's just very hard for me to evaluate. <laughs> oh my goodness, man, that's a that's a wealth of information there. I I just feel. The the Bill Parcell seven points is really intriguing to me. Yeah. Because I do see I, I do see some some truth in it that mm. you want someone that is going to be he's gonna have been through some things in, mm. in his college career, right? Like he may I the three year starter thing, like you said, not necessarily gonna be looking to check that box every time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think it I think it is important that you have played mm-hmm. A considerable amount of football games at a high level, right? That's the interesting thing was, you know, Zach Wilson, he had a great year this year, but, you know, he was pretty pedestrian the the, the next, um, you know, his sophomore and mm-hmm. junior year. So, again, you, you throw on the tape, he's, again, has an awesome arm. Again, he's not playing against really anybody in the, against BYU. Um, but, yeah, just the concept of being able to be a starter. He did progress, but, yeah, there's, there's some things on his tape. Uh, and we'll get into it later with regards to um, North Dakota State quarterback. Um, his name, why, why am I tripping on Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. I mean, yeah. he only played just the nature of the FCS schedule 
Uh, he only played one game this year. Good rushing performance, not necessarily a great you know passing performance against Central Arkansas this year, but uh, you know this is right. He's got the, she's got all the tools. He got the strong arm. Right. Yeah. So we'll something see. crazy too. I heard today that between like his high school career and college career, he's only played like twenty seven games or something mm. like that. Unbelievable. I can't imagine. If he goes to a team where he's expected to be the day one starter, yeah. I can't imagine just walking into an NFL game after playing such little football mm-hmm. at the two lower levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's interesting the, some of some of those some of those points that you were reading from from Parcells too. How how many of them were centered on like statistics or not even just statistics, but you know, are they a winning player? Mm-hmm. You know, I, exactly. I feel like so much of what is out there in the in the general media that mm-hmm. covers the draft is mm-hmm. like, does he have a strong arm? Mm-hmm. Is he quick and can move him out of the pocket and be mobile? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought that stuff is important, but it it, it does like kind of re when hearing that list reframes it in my mind of mm-hmm. like, okay, but are they are they gonna win? You know, are are, are they gonna be able to lead you down the down the field to get a um, at least put you in the position to win. It's it's something that you can't you can't find in just any quarterback. And uh, as you mentioned, I mean it's this is a crapshoot. This is a gamble picking quarterbacks. And um, I mean if you have a seven point system, at least covered your butt a little bit. You know, you, yeah. you could say you followed your system, but yeah, like you said, there's um, I don't think his track record of you know selecting quarterbacks was great either. But at least it kind of provides a framework. And um, yeah, just with the I think it's probably a little bit outdated with the way you can inflate a quarterback's completion percentage with these RPOs, these single reads, and right. just getting the ball out. So I think Mac Jones's completion percentage is well over, you know, 65, 70%. And, um, you know, these shorter passes kind of inflate that. But, you know, the bottom line is, are you going to be able to be accurate, fit in those windows? And, you know, do you have a track record of success, which I think is important? Yeah, it's, it's super important. And I think um, there's so many, like, I, you just thinking back to the Trubisky pick, it, mm-hmm. it, it's just like, I, I don't know. He might have checked two of those boxes. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's just the the lack of experience really, really showed for him. And, and someone like Dwayne Haskins, too, who you mentioned, was mm-hmm. a one-year starter in college. Mm-hmm. How much of it, this is just kind of, um, we I have a question later that's going to kind of mm-hmm. uh, tap into this as well, but I have to think that so much of it, there are very few quarterback prospects I think that could be good anywhere. Mm-hmm. I truly think it matters where you get drafted. Mm-hmm. That that has to play a huge part in it. I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I consume so much the concept of sports, the concept of, you know, sports media and stuff, but from like a sociological perspective, just in life, you know, where you where you went to school matters, who your parents are matters. And it, you know, definitely matters with quarterbacks you look at a guy like for example sam darnold um going to a yeah. place that has no support for him uh in new york and now he's going to be able he's blessed to get a second chance um you know there's no you can't play pickup football you're, there's no minor league for football with the exception of college right. you can't just you know the xfl had a good thing but there's no real development so where you land matters where uh, who your offensive coordinator is matters the weapons you have around you matters the offensive line matters so yeah like you said just echoing your sentiment is so important to where um, you know, much like nurturing nurturing a child, it's very important yeah. to, that you uh, land in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Well, and the I, the greatest success story of it, I think, might be Patrick Mahomes. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't imagine seeing him play for mm-hmm. any other team. Not that he wouldn't be great, but 
he's another level of great Mm -hmm. being there in Kansas City, being able to sit a year on the bench, which Mm -hmm. is something that not a lot of teams have the patience to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And then then obviously working that crazy system that Andy Reid cooks up is just perfect for him. So I, I just like... I I imagine I wonder what if what would it look different if Dwayne Haskins landed in a different franchise mm-hmm. other than Washington where things are just upside down anyways. Yeah, but know? by all accounts, just specifically Washington, the owner wants you. You went to he went to high school with his son. The coach doesn't want you. I mean, just right. yeah, just a myriad of just right. uh, incompetence and just egos and stuff so yeah i mean just his specific example i mean even go with the greatest of all time i think if if brady goes a pick later to the cardinals is he selling insurance in freaking california <laughs> like I, it just just what, what's so That's interesting the greatest what if question exactly honestly. i mean you know it's you know yeah just where you where you land matters there's you know very there's few guys that can change the whole culture and things but you know it is important to have um have that support system set up okay so um Let's let's talk about the guys that are in this draft, the quarterbacks in this draft. Um, we've already mentioned their names a bit, so I've got them laid out here. We Trevor Lawrence, uh, obviously we, it is all but guaranteed that he is going number one overall to the Jaguars. Um, you got Zach Wilson, who's risen up the draft boards big time over mm-hmm. the past couple months. You've got Justin Fields, who is falling right now, and I think there's a lot of. Um, a lot of polarizing opinions on him. You've got Mac Jones, who I was super surprised to see him getting the love that he's getting at this point in the draft cycle, and it really feels like he could end up being a top ten pick. And then you got Trey Lance, who's like this wild card uh, out of Wyoming. Everyone's going to compliment to Josh Allen because I mean they just they look similar in how they play, and they went to the same school and. Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's North not Dakota Wyoming. State. North Dakota Carson, State. Carson Wentz. Yes. Yeah, North Dakota State. Uh, my apologies there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wait a second. No, Wyoming looks different than yeah, what he's wearing. Um, yeah, North Dakota State, the Carson Wentz, which also is like something to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, when, when it's all said and done, which of these five guys do you think will end up having the most successful career? And I think I think it could be easy to, to guess your answer here, but uh, mm-hmm. what what what, what are your thoughts on that question? So I'll just go down the list briefly. I mean, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, again, assuming he goes one, I think there's a rumor that uh, Jacksonville already gave him the playbook, so I think it's kind of set in stone there. Um, Jacksonville is not New York City. It's going to be a softer landing spot, so mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a little bit of time if he does make mistakes. Uh, it's not the strongest division, and, you know, I think a lot of the onus is also on Urban Meyer. Um, you know, pr- probably a decade ago he would probably – People have thunk, you know, can this can this offense work in the NFL? But I think the way it's become essentially a spacing game, much like the college game was, I think um, you know a lot of the responsibility will fall on Urban. So you know, Lawrence is there. Uh, Wilson again, if he goes to the Jets, New York is it's a tough place. Um, he's from small town Utah, and he has never left Utah for any stretch of his life. So. I mean, are we going to have a Carson Wentz situation like with the Philadelphia media if he's not successful? Is it, you know, does he need a smaller yeah. fit? Does he need a smaller smaller market? Um, again, Fields is probably, I think the draft is definitely going to start at three with San Francisco. Like, uh, where are they going to go? I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan with his offense, with those built-in completions, and kind of see how his father's offense with RG3 in 2012, kind of how it, it was super successful. I know it was very short with the RG3 injuries, but... Can can uh, can Fields if he goes there, uh, and Shanahan drafts him at three? Would he be able to kind of replicate that? 
again, Jones is going to be hard to evaluate with you know the the success that the successful players he had around him, Lance. Um, you know, with the FCS, we'll see. But uh, there's actually a rumor out there that Lance is dating Colin Cowherd's daughter, so he's actually what? that's a pretty it's a pretty heady play. It's a pretty heady what? play. That's correct. So even if he stinks, he's playing the long game. You can't get harassed too much by Colin. So um, all in all, I. I think if Fields goes to San Francisco, that would be my pick on who's the most successful. Ooh. But I think the safe thing uh, would be Lawrence. If you know Lawrence, obviously, <laughs> it's such, okay because I, I you think about it just from the prospects' perspective, yeah. and obviously Lawrence is this prospect that it's like we haven't seen him since Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning, yeah. right? And so mm-hmm. you just think, okay, it's got to be Lawrence. But like we were just talking about, situation matters so much. Mm-hmm. Is he really going to lead the Jacksonville Jaguars to glory? You know what mm-hmm. I mean. It's mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, I do. I I like your point that it's a softer landing spot for him. And if he were going to the Jets, yeah. Um, not that he would crumble under the pressure, but there's just like there's too many <laughs> there's too many like orange cones to dodge yes. in the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's just a it's a it, it could be a mess real quick. Um, I like the Justin Fields going to San Francisco having mm-hmm. a, the most successful career. Because I just don't, I don't. Do you do you feel like you understand why he's fallen down draft boards so much? Because I at one point he was the number two quarterback in this class. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even going back to high school in Georgia, you know, Carsville, where um, uh, Lawrence went. I, I my mind slips on where Fields went to high school, but they've been battling it out. You know, in elite yeah. eleven camps and football camps, uh, they've gone back and forth. And I mean, yeah, just just the moxie that he showed in that Clemson game, that quarterfinal when he was clearly injured and he was just throwing dimes. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just kind of, maybe it's the Ohio state quarterback stereotype, Mm. those kind of built in run plays, built in completions and, you know, easy reads. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where the NFL is going, honestly. So um, I think he would definitely succeed in in a Shanahan offense. But again, like I said, the draft starts at three. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it does, does Shanahan go Mac Jones or whether he goes Fields? I think betting markets, I think it's kind of shifting uh, more towards Fields, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see I've, <laughs> I've heard a ton of hype for, for Jones landing in that spot. And also, just, like, side sidebar here, the the 49ers even pulling off this trade to hmm. land in the number three spot is, like, huge kudos to them. That is a – that was a savvy move on their part because I just – they're – I think I think people are gonna forget how good San Francisco is because of all the injuries they had last yeah. year, and now they're then they're gonna jump into the you know the number three spot and possibly add a franchise quarterback. It's gonna be, they could be dangerous. Anyways, I I've heard so much about Mac Jones going there just because that what he did at Alabama is essentially what he'd be doing mm. in San Francisco mm. is just. We've got playmakers. Just go find them in their yeah. spots. You know, go through the reads that we tell you to. I just, I just think Fields offers more upside. I think, um, I think he could absolutely run the San Francisco offense and and do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones can't do a little bit more. You know, like Mac Jones is going to be limited to stand in the pocket and deliver crisp, accurate passes, which he's going to be great at. But you know, Fields, Fields offers that upside of. Well, when the play breaks down, he could potentially, mm. you know, mm. um, give him a little something uh, running down the field right. and, mm-hmm. and moving the chains on his own. So um, I, 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 I have to think you might be onto something there with Fields mm-hmm. being the most successful if he lands in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, 
let's talk about landing spots for the rest of these guys mm-hmm. because as I as we've been talking about the situation matters so much um, we think Lawrence is going to Jacksonville mm-hmm. we think Wilson is going to the Jets um, we, we just talked about Fields going to San Francisco is there another team out there that you think he could really thrive with um, and, and have a successful career with so I'm um, sorry Fields or uh... oh Fields yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like um, like we mentioned you know, the draft starts at three with San Fran um, so just the commentary that I'm reading, the commentary I'm listening to, it's going to be um, the six, seven, and eight slot. The Dolphins, Lions, Panthers, um, people are going to be looking to trade up into there. Whether it's the Patriots, I mean, with Belichick's age and you know, just like you know, him not having Tom Brady, he's maybe opening his eyes to wow, we need to make moves at this quarterback position because uh, we don't want to you know have what happened last year. I've you know heard Washington football team. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick's, again, a good bridge quarterback, probably good at mentoring, but um, are you looking at 2022 with um, the quarterback from Oklahoma as well as uh, the quarterback from UNC? I don't think it's as strong as of a class as it is this year. So uh, potentially Washington, potentially New England. But, um, yeah, those would be probably be my, my two two people who might trade up. But yeah. I don't know about as far as landing spots with fields. Uh, I've seen – you know, Denver is going to be, if they have Drew Locke as a starter, I think that's going to be an issue. So mm-hmm. I think Denver may bide their time and just wait there and see if Fields drops or somebody drops. But I could see Denver um, okay. being, a, being a landing spot. Yeah, I, out of those teams, I have to think, one, I'd love to see him go to New England, honestly. Yeah. I, I, like Josh McDaniels getting like a, a young, another young quarterback to, to potentially mentor and, and, mm-hmm. and groom who, who offers more athletically than than Tom Brady did would be really interesting I, I think I think that would be super interesting um I I do think Denver is someone to watch as well for all of these guys honestly right like they they're a player for I think any quarterback and e- even though it's likely that the top three picks will be quarterbacks there's gonna be someone I have to imagine there's gonna be someone left out and, and that that starts falling down the board. That's just that's just a draft night thing to happen, you know. Like so, mm-hmm. there's got there's gonna be some kind of drama of of a quarterback not getting picked. Um, yeah, just to kind of just something funny I heard. Uh, Mel Kiper, um, his his highest rated prospect ever was um, with John Elway, and it's just so funny to me that John Elway doesn't know what a quarterback <laughs> talent looks like. I mean, he's got. He's got Case Keenum. It's he's so got true. he's got Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon. Like, is this guy gonna get it right? Like, I don't know if it's the you know great players or don't know how to coach. He, I mean, it's just it's unbelievable just considering just the juxtaposition of him being, you know, the, the most can't miss prospect of all time to not being able to evaluate talent. You know, since Peyton Manning and getting him in you right. know, when he was that, that you know, wasn't too hard to evaluate exactly. Peyton's so talent. Just, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I think if you go. You know, and with Drew Locke as your starter, I don't think you're gonna, you know, be making plays, winning too many no. ball games. So, yeah, hopefully they can so get either. it right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I don't think so either. I think I they're a team that needs to make a, a quarterback move at some uh, at some point. You're right. <laughs> um, how about how about Mac Jones? Let's let's talk about him and where maybe he might have. I, I, again, San Francisco is a, a team that gets thrown out there, mm-hmm. uh, but I wonder who. Like, is there anywhere else you see him where he could really thrive in the NFL? Um, I would like to say, um, I mean, he looks like, I mean, he just looks like a Patriots guy, honestly. There you um, go, yeah. Let me get, um, while well, I'm filibustering here, I got uh, 
Mel Kuyper's big board pulled up. I, I do feel like there's a divide between what the analysts think about him and mm-hmm. what the scouts and the um, the GMs think about him. Mm-hmm. It, it seems it seems weird that um, he keeps rising up the mock drafts, but mm-hmm. all, all the like when you look at the big boards and you look at what the analysts are saying, they're like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just as far as team fit goes, like you said, New England definitely seems like that would be. A good landing spot for him, knowing that if he could somehow not replicate, but do do what Tom Brady did, mm-hmm. um, and it it be able to to go through his progressions in that system and get the ball out of his mm-hmm. hands quickly. Um, they're not. I think the toughest thing for him is, like you've said already, he's going to be going to a team that has significantly less talent than he had at Alabama right. in his receiving core, exactly. which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so yeah, I, I scrolled too far. Mel Kuyper had him at three to the 49ers, so maybe we're talking crazy. But, uh, oh, yeah. wow. Okay, man. That's surprising. <laughs> yes. Okay, Mel. All right, well, you forget everything we said. Apparently, Mac Jones is And we nice. actually flipped that, so he has uh, the Patriots trading up uh, and uh, Justin Fields going okay. to New England at 10, so maybe That's what right. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of People think the the Fields to New England thing is happening. Yes. I, I'm a I'm a big Bill Simmons podcast listener, oh, nice, nice. and he's like infatuated with <laughs> right uh, Fields going to New England. So I think I, honestly, it, with Fields and Jones both, if one of them, if if they both end up in San Francisco and New England, I think they're good. Yeah, I think they're mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I think I the if Jones gets drafted by like Atlanta mm-hmm. or. Even Denver, like if he was the quarterback to fall to nine, and Denver's like, "Well, we need a quarterback. Let's yeah. let's get Jones." Like, I don't. He's got talent there at least, but I just don't. I don't see him being. He's got to have an offensive-minded coach mm-hmm. who is going to draw up plays for him to succeed. And a, everyone says that he's like a a great student of the game and was like a mastermind at knowing the ins and outs of Alabama's offense. Yeah. Um, but if he if he goes to a team that is like defense first and mm-hmm. their offensive coordinator mm-hmm. doesn't really have much going right. for them, then I think he's just gonna he's gonna struggle. So I can't think of a lot of other teams honestly than San Francisco and New mm-hmm. England where right. that that's the uh, that would be the the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's truly not a lot of other teams in that like top fifteen range. Where where I think he could thrive, so I think it's got to be one of those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the last guy on this list, Trey Lance, uh, like I said, he's kind of like the wild card in this bunch, um, who has only played a very minimal amount of games, but has one of the most like just tantalizing um, builds for a quarterback. You mm-hmm. just don't see guys built like that, right? at the quarterback position very often and so that's intriguing mm-hmm. uh because if you're if you're looking at success stories like cam newton and josh allen you're like well we could turn this guy into the next you know mm-hmm. one of one of those uh where where do you think he could thrive in an in an nfl system yeah so um i, I like the um yeah, like with like the play action bootleg, I think just getting him on the move and getting uh, utilizing his strong arm. So Mel Kiper, uh, he's the best at what he does. He's my favorite. Uh, yeah, favorite listen. I mean, they, he has him going to six to the Falcons. Um, so again, but I just don't. I think Matt Ryan's thirty five. Um, and the way the rule changes are, I think you know he's not going to be getting hit so so much. So I think Matt Ryan still has a couple good years yeah. left. Maybe you draft him and sit him, but you know 
are, are you in win now mode for the Falcons? I mean, they have so much offensive skill, talent, but you know, I think potentially the Falcons at six makes some sense. But I don't think you know off the jump he's not going to be better better than Matt Ryan at what he's doing. So yeah, I would probably say just yeah, probably going with with the Falcons at six, depending on if they trade back or uh, if they stay at four. Yeah, I do think that a situation where he can sit for a year is probably mm-hmm. the best situation for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't hate seeing him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think – I think the Bears would have to trade up. There's no way he's falling to 20. Mm-hmm. But they, or Washington trading up. Is yeah, or Washington, that. I've heard too. that. I've heard yeah. that good, but we'll you've see. Got, you've got guys – you know, you've got in, um, in Chicago – Andy Dalton just got there, and you know the majority of Bears fans are not happy with that. But if it meant that he's there, um, so that Trey Lance can kind of just learn what the NFL looks like from the sideline instead of on the field, then sure, I would take that. I think Washington, honestly, I, I'm not sure if it as is as much about scheme with uh, Trey Lance as it is with other quarterbacks. I I truly think it's more about is he going to be thrown in to the fire on day one and right. be a game one mm-hmm. starter? Or is he going to be able to sit? I think Washington could easily, you know, put put my man Taylor Heineke in there yeah, for gosh. a season, right? Let, seven, let five, him, seven. Let, seven, five, seven, that's right. Uh, <laughs> let him start for for the, you know, first year of, of Trey Lance's career. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- those teams that, that have good defenses, like, mm-hmm. like Washington and Chicago, both could very – very well end up being good situations for for Trey Lance to learn how to play the position at the NFL level anyway so um, that's kind of I think what it should boil down to for him mm-hmm. um, so yeah th- that's kind of those are kind of the landing spots you know the first two guys we didn't talk about them but what do you what do you think about their landing spots like Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville mm-hmm. uh, is that an overall like net positive or net negative thing for him that he's going to this like forsaken franchise that has that has messed up year after year or whatever? Yeah, so I mean, just biggest thing with rookie quarterbacks is having, like I said, the, the soft landing spot. So I think Jacksonville fan base, it, it's not New York City. They're not going to be trashing it if he has a horrible game. They understand what it is that they are, you know, rebuilding right now. Um, and there's like a lot of changes going on with Jacksonville. So um, yeah, I think he, that that landing spot is fine. Um, yeah, Urban Meyer's offense. I think is a lot. Of, I think a lot of people use you know his his offense offensive schemes in the NFL now. So I think he'll actually have a smoother transition than you know people thought um, you know a while ago. Again, Zach Wilson's very interesting to me because I I just don't. Again, he's he's come on our radar very relatively recently. He wasn't super successful you know sophomore junior year and then you know came on senior year and obviously has the arm strength, but. Uh, yeah, the, that you know, New York can be pretty brutal. I think Joe Douglas, who's uh, actually a Mechanicsville native, uh, the GM there is sur- going to be surrounding him. I think he's a pretty competent GM, so hopefully mm-hmm. he's able to surround him. You know, obviously wish these guys the best, but I think uh, I just I don't know. I don't buy the Zach Wilson hype if if we're if we're in the take. That's business. fair. <laughs> That's fair. I, hot takes are welcome yes. here, Joe. You know that. You know that. Yeah, I. That. You're you're probably one of the first people I've heard that have been more pessimistic on on Wilson, um, and I I do I I do see a scenario in which him going to New York could be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you just yeah I guess you just hope that the um, they put him in a, in a scenario to succeed. They've got a lot of other picks this draft, so you know if they're able to to kind of give him some playmakers. Um, 
you know the backfield or in, in the receiving cores throughout the rest of the draft and and secure the offensive line I feel better about it because I do think you know if you were going to if it weren't the Jets if it were like San Francisco yeah that had jumped up a pick earlier and were able to take him like that mm-hmm. to me the, he would be he'd be money that that's perfect for him um I I think the Trevor Lawrence is going to be super interesting to watch mm-hmm. I think you saw you saw Joe Burrow this year show so much promise and he was one of those prospects too that people were just you know falling in love with before the draft because you know we, we just hadn't seen someone as talented to him have such a successful season as he did and that's kind of what how we feel about Lawrence too um and Burrow has you know like zero help there in in Cincinnati mm-hmm. and so I just I'm gonna be interested to see what the front office in Jacksonville does because they haven't they haven't always done a great job of surrounding like the two three years ago they were in the AFC Championship game yeah. with this like <laughs> again small windows yeah yeah exactly with this like young promising defense and now all those guys are essentially mm-hmm. gone and yep. so you just you just wonder can can he get the help that he needs because even if he doesn't have a perfect roster around him he's gonna. I have to imagine he's going to make them better than what they probably are on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very interested to watch how how Lawrence's career turns out in Jacksonville. Um, but I think I think it's a good thing, like you said, overall net positive, and it, I think it would take a lot for him to not have a a um, super successful NFL career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked a ton about quarterbacks. My next question is to just talk about like two to five a couple of a couple of the best non-quarterback prospects in this draft because there's there's definitely a lot of them the quarterbacks definitely take the front and center stage but you know whether it's receivers whether it is cornerbacks or offensive linemen I feel like there is some depth in this first round with a lot of those positions so um I'll just go like off off the bat what's the what's the first name that comes to your mind is like this is the guy you can't miss in this draft yeah first and foremost it starts and ends kind of with kyle pitts uh, mm-hmm. he's the tight end out of florida um yeah my brothers <clears throat> and i are we're in a dynasty uh fantasy draft and uh this guy's a tight end like we're probably contemplating taking him first i mean this guy Dang. is uh yeah I, I just don't i think he's probably the most can't miss tight end we've seen i mean he's drawing comparisons from uh waller you know travis kelsey and you know um you know uh, the guy in San Francisco as well, Kittle, yeah. yeah, George mm-hmm. Kittle. So, um, yeah, they're projecting him sometimes somewhere as high as four. I mean, it's just the way you can work the middle of the field, how important that is. So he's, you know, first and foremost, the can't miss prospect. I'm interested also in Jamar Chase. So this this COVID yeah. year was super interesting. Um, the guy Jamar Chase had a, an amazing 2019 elects to opt out, and he's being projected higher than you know Devonta Smith out of um, Alabama, who came back. And won the Heisman, but you know, Jamar Chase and the athletic tools he has, and Devonta Smith is, you know, they say he's listed at tw- uh, 170, so they're, he's probably less than that right now. Oh, man, so, that's crazy. Yeah, there's that. Um, and then other prospect, uh, just listening to podcasts, which interests me, just the kind of the combine versus production. So this guy, Jason Owe, um, um, he's a defensive lineman out of uh, Penn State. He's a okay. pro- he's projected to be a first round pick. But, uh, you know, he didn't start playing football until he was a junior in high school. He has these insane testing numbers. He was listed on Bruce Feldman's freaks list for two years in a row. So his testing numbers are off the charts. But he uh, he didn't record a sack in 2020. So, like, the 
the the the potential's there, the upside is there, but yeah. like the production was not there in 2020, yeah. and you know sacks aren't everything. But you got to figure if a guy's going in the first round, you like to see some more production than that, right? Yeah, so um, he's interesting to me. And then I mentioned, uh, I guess you mentioned to me, you were 24, I'm 28. So uh, these guys that are getting drafted, who I remember seeing their their uh, their fathers play. So we got Asante Samuel That's Jr. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. in this draft. <laughs> we got Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Um, and who else? We got uh, J- um, uh, uh, J.C. Horn out of yes. South Carolina. So yes, his dad right. with the cell phone incident was always funny yeah. to me. And then uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Jatan the second out of Alabama. So I just remember uh, I was playing Madden probably back in like 2005, 2006. I was the Buccaneers playing against uh, the Dolphins. And so his father was the cornerback there. Oh, really? I w- it was all Madden. It was all Madden. If you know anything about all Madden, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to win in all Madden. But I was up. And I was just getting cocky. I threw a swing pass. Patrick Sertan picked it, and I, I rage quit. Before, <laughs> before, before that was a thing. Before I, I, I rage quit yeah, was even a minute. Exactly. So, was yeah. 05? Okay, because I had every Madden, like, my entire childhood. That's what I got for my birthday. Yeah. 05, was was Ray Lewis on the cover of that one? Ray right? Lewis, that yeah. was the, uh, the first incarnation of the hit stick, which changed my oh life. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> the yeah. hit stick? I, don't, I, think, I think it was around 2005, but, yeah, I rage quit, so I always will remember Patrick Sertan's name. But, yeah, just the, the sons getting drafted and, you know, how much of a great asset that is to have a, a father that played the NFL the a uh, great roadmap that's for success. Gotta, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's gotta be the best Patrick Sertan story out there. Yes, honestly. Exactly. I've never I didn't know he had a father yeah. that played in the NFL, but yeah. you know, if I had, had that traumatic experience, <laughs> yeah. then I, I forget, would know. <laughs> you don't forget things like that. That's right. <laughs> um oh man, yeah. Those are um yeah, lot lots of like legacy yeah. family <laughs> legacy picks this year. It's that's pretty cool to see. I think um for myself, you know, the big names out there you hit on, like Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. and um, Jamar Chase. I, obviously, Panay Sewell mm-hmm. has got to be one of the most... Um, one of the most intriguing and just like well-rounded or polished lineman prospects that mm-hmm. that have come out in a few years. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to make whoever drafts him significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of guys in the first round, or one guy in the first round for sure... Okay, yeah, so a tackle out of Oklahoma State, Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, I, I, I've seen him uh, mocked going to Chicago. Oh, no. So I'm like, I'm getting, I'm trying to get my into this guy Everybody's, beforehand, you know? Yeah, exactly. You, just, you gotta, you gotta try and fall in love with the prospect beforehand, but um, they say he's very versatile, uh-huh. and I think that's important because... I don't, like, offensive line injuries come a dime a dozen, I feel mm, like. Mm. Definitely for the Bears. And so, to have a guy that, because mm. uh, we need a right tackle, yeah. um, but to have a guy that could move around on the line would be helpful as well. I mean, you got a lot of your uh, Virginia Tech guys we didn't really right, talk about. Yeah, Farley, I was going to mention that. Caleb yeah. Farley, to me, I think, is, I, I think he's going to end up falling into the second round because he's been having back issues. Oh, really? Um, mm. That's what I heard on a podcast today, anyway. And... He could arguably be the best corner in the draft if everything mm-hmm. fell the right way. I he's, I, it's just funny because I like remember watching him while I was still a student there, and my man could not tackle to save his life. Mm-hmm. But I think he's come like the the athletic ability for Caleb Farley is like off the charts. Like he he could he could significantly be one of those. Um, one of those playmakers on defense that kind of hunts down quarterbacks 
in, in dropping back in the backfield, mm-hmm. um, again making big plays by by picking the ball off and kind of ball hawking. I, I do I do see that potential for Caleb Farley. He's not you know he may not be the most physical corner like some of the other guys like like I think J C Horn has kind of gotten that reputation as being more of a physical cornerback, but Farley mm-hmm. the athletic ability could could make him like the better um, of the of the top corners that are you know being projected to go in the first round anyway Mm -hmm. um i like him a lot i think he's gonna end up falling Mm. and someone's gonna get really lucky to get him later in the draft than he probably should go Mm -hmm. um another guy i i had to make sure i put him in here because uh our good friend alex Mm. bolens had to make sure Uh, i talked about a purdue wide receiver (laughs) Named Rondale Moore. I actually, I, this was another guy that I seen mocked to go to the Bears early on. I don't mm. think he'll go first round. I don't think he'll crack first round. Mm. But that dude's fast. Fast. Uh, yeah, he's listed at. I think they say he's five nine. <laughs> I've heard that on his pro day he was like five seven. So uh, yeah, I'm rooting for the dude. I think he. They have him. Yeah, I think he's mocked to go like early second round, like you said. So um, yeah, he's going to provide a lot of value. I think with you know being able to. Uh, you know, catch balls in the slot and stuff. So I think, yeah, he's definitely something that I've, I've heard a lot about and on the commentary. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see where he falls. I think he's going to be an asset to wherever he goes. I think so too, yeah. I The last guy I'll mention is, we've talked so much about quarterbacks already, but Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford, mm-hmm. I have been like just doing some light research mm-hmm. and just hearing about him. And mm-hmm. I think so often, you know, we get – we we focus on the the top five mm-hmm. in a draft class and these guys that are ranging from first round picks to early second round picks mm-hmm. and then you've got the russell wilson's of the world yep. or the mm-hmm. uh, brian Tannehill's. actually Tannehill, i think went first round um mm-hmm. but you know the Kirk cousins you know mm-hmm. guys who go on to have really successful careers mm-hmm. after being drafted late in the draft um mills i I have to imagine with five quarterbacks being taken probably in the first round is not going to go in the first round, mm-hmm. but will go much later. Mm-hmm. Um, but what everyone says about him is he's a great decision maker, mm-hmm. uh, making quick decisions, gets the ball out fast, mm-hmm. and could easily thrive in an RPO mm-hmm. kind of style offense. And so that interests me um, as a Bears fan. Yeah. Not super thrilled with Andy Dalton being the guy. Right. QB what if one. What if we were able QB to? One. Yeah, yeah. What if we were, <laughs> What if we were able to get like an offensive lineman or receiver in the first mm-hmm. round and snag this guy and him actually turn into something in a later round? I I do think um, Davis Mills could end up having like a sneaky good career mm-hmm. after looking at you know so some of the guys that we're talking that we talked about already. If mm-hmm. one of them flames out, this guy. Davis Mills could end up being one of the guys that we end up talking about from this class. Yeah, it's it's everything's a crapshoot, like you said. But I think the over under for betting odds uh, is five and a half for quarterbacks. So I mean, obviously, oh if you don't have for, at least in the first round, so, yeah, uh, people over are quarterbacks the most p- important position on the field, and that you know people may trade up uh, in the first round if they see him there. So yeah, I think he'll probably be you know the sixth guy off the board yeah. at least. Uh, you know, Trask from Florida, people That's like right. him. Uh, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think you, David Mill, David Mills uh, is a it's a good sneaker. It's a, it's a, little, a little bit little of a something, sleeper something, pick, right? Something. Yeah, you know, I had to, I had to do a little bit of right. research, but um, okay. Speaking of trading up, we've talked about a couple teams that could potentially do it. Mm-hmm. If you had to bet, what team? Because obviously, San Francisco already traded up. Um, 
But more more likely than not, we will see someone trade up in the draft, whether to get a quarterback or to make a big jump to get you know one of these top receiver prospects or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you had to make a bet, what team would you see trading up on night one? Yeah, so I don't know if this is reality or not, but I think just I love storylines. I just love the idea of uh, Brady versus Belichick kind of jostling, oh, yeah. like who, who who is most successful. And obviously Brady winning the Super Bowl this year, I just imagine – uh, Belichick just stewing in his office. I would say I would say the Patriots. Uh, it's probably not that way. I'm sure Belichick's you know made a million football decisions and stuff. But I, I think with Belichick's age uh, and uh, the concept of, I think he'll trade up to try to get a quarterback. If I was uh, you know a betting man, I think they have the draft capital to do so. So I think they. I don't think they want to be in that kind of purgatory where they were last year. No. So I think I think the Patriots will trade up. Uh, as a Washington football fan, I I don't. I think they'll probably ride with Fitzpatrick for a little bit. I think they're obviously their defense is so strong. Oh, they have but... Fitzpatrick. I forgot. I forgot they got him. Yeah, Man, that yeah. that's a game changer. So I, I think they'll ride with him. But I, yeah, if I was, I, I think the Patriots. If anybody were to move up, it would probably be them. Yeah, I think I think the Patriots are a solid pick. To, I was actually going to say Washington, mm. um, potentially, but uh, you know that team more than I do. I mean. No, I mean, they, I have they, a bad yeah. feeling the Bears are going to end up being the team to like mortgage. Like again, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it again and trade five first rounders in the future to just move up ten spots or whatever. But hopefully not. Um, okay, la- really the last question that I had when we talk from a team standpoint, uh-huh. just off the top of your head, uh, what team do you think needs to draft the most? I mean, this is such a big night for franchises. They yeah. can. Franchises can honestly shift years, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> based on decisions they make on on the first night of the draft. So, what? Who do you think needs a, a good draft the most? Um. Yeah, I was trying to prep for this question. I mean, honest to gosh, I think um, I think the you know the Jets. Uh, I think I would you know probably say the Jets just yeah. with uh, Joe Douglas being like a local guy <laughs> from Mechanicsville rooting for him, just kind of been following that story pretty closely. The Jets have been gosh got off for 45 years so I kind of like to see them uh turn it around they got uh they can probably go running back early in the second round to try to surround Zach Wilson with some with some options so I mean I think you know obviously anybody picking in the top five is you know has issues but you know you go the Jets I mean if you had to project next year 2022 you have to imagine the Texans are going to be you know the top pick they're horrible so I mean whatever free whatever they got uh, ben I don't Dover. think they have a first round pick. Exactly, so you know, that, with the Dolphins yeah. and stuff. So yeah, they they need to squeeze every. They need to hit on all their prospects. But I mean, yeah, the Jets and the Texans. Whenever they, I'm, I'm scrolling down the draft board right yeah, now, I don't even see them. <laughs> I know it's like it's scary to think what they could be this year. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I I like the Jets as it, especially if uh, Sam Darnold goes and has a. Mm. year with Carolina yeah. they yeah. need Zach Wilson to be good yeah mm-hmm. like they really need him to be good mm-hmm. um my team actually and I think they're well suited to do this but I think Miami I think mm-hmm. Miami needs a good draft mm-hmm. uh I, I think they got probably catapulted a little too high of in people's minds of how good they are mm-hmm. because of the hot start that they got off to under their new head coach, I can't, I'm blanking on his name, but Brian Flores. Uh, yes, Brian Flores. That's right. Um, has done just a terrific job there and taking a roster that really wasn't much to make of into mm-hmm. into this, mm-hmm. you know, winning team almost. And and then you have the Tua stuff where mm-hmm. people aren't sure if he's really like yeah. the prospect we thought he was. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think there's potential that he can be that quarterback right. if you put the right pieces around him. And they're like I said, they're suited to do that where they're drafting this year, um, and in some of the picks that they've stocked up. So, um, but they need they need to to land these picks. They need to get guys that will immediately make them better because I think a lot of people. I think I think the betters are really gonna uh, they're gonna start feeding that you know the Dolphins for, you yeah. know, sneaky division winner mm-hmm. picks and things yeah. like that. You're going to see a lot of that in the offseason, I mm-hmm. think. So they need a good draft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is um, – that's my pick, and that's kind of that's kind of our discussion on the draft. I, I mean, I, I think, like like we talked about, the quarterbacks are, are the story here, and there's, there's potential for – there's potential for some serious moves. I, I hope – my only fear – is that since there's already been pre-draft trades, we're not going to get as many during the draft, mm-hmm. which doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but it's always more entertaining when you get like the the Schefter bomb or whatever yes. that you know <laughs> so and so is trading up in the draft, and and you have everyone freaks out for a second yeah. and just wondering what you know what Twitter the team's doing. Right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So so yeah, um, my my last thing today. And I did this on the last episode I did. Um, it's just trying to trying to get some polls of the followers out there on Instagram throughout the week. Uh, I asked a question earlier this week of what draft... If you were being drafted into the NFL, what would be your outfit? Yeah. You know, because the draft day outfit's a big deal. You know, you've got... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the NBA, you had like Trey Young show up mm-hmm. with the shorts instead of mm-hmm. the pants, and mm-hmm. Zeke. I the picture I chose for my story was Zeke yeah, with the crop so top. Was, I mean, yeah. man, there's been some. So, so some of the answers I got. Uh, two two of them were the Lady Gaga meat dress. Oh God! Um, could you could you imagine? Um, that was both Alex and Haley said the uh, my oh, wife Haley gracious. said the Lady Gaga meat dress. You know, you've got the um. All denim look, the oh. Texas tuxedo. That, Canadian tuxedo. That, the that Canadian, would be oh. the Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. So you got you got that vibe. Um, you got the you got the CeeLo green gold oh, outfit. Um, Joe, what what would be your draft night outfit? You going? Are you going subtle? Or are you trying to make you know make headlines with your um, draft day outfit? Yes. Yeah, so I was doing my research. <laughs> uh, yeah, Henry Ruggs III was drafted in his bathrobe, so that that's up there. Oh, I think that's, that's, kind that's of a, good. That's kind of a boss that move. That is a boss move. Yeah, man. so uh, one that sticks out, uh, Jamarcus Russell in 2007, he wore all black, so black shirt, black tie. So oh, when, I, when I played uh, freshman football, we always had to dress up, and I thought I was so slick. I wore a black shirt and a black tie. And this, this, I can see it. I can this see girl, it. I kind of had a quasi crush on. She was like, "Why are you wearing all black?" So I, I was getting played out. So it, look, it, look, <laughs> it, look, it didn't look that good. I thought it was a better look than it is. I feel like if you're uh, not wearing white or dark blue, you're kind of uh, doing too much. So I'd probably keep it conservative. Keep it all black. <laughs> Dang man, that's yes. not whoever. Hey, I, whoever that was, I think you disrespected oh, yeah. my man. I just gotta say, the all black is a oh, good look. And don't, I don't know. I don't don't, know. Uh, don't pin that on my man Joe. Okay. All right. Uh, the the all black definitely a good look. I think I I think I'm probably. I think I'm probably going subtle, but maybe like a flashy tie. Mm, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of yeah. the the vibe I'm feeling. Or you gotta have like. You gotta have a piece on the suit that just kind of, mm. you know, a lot of guys they do the um, mm. the inside of the suit yep. jacket has the school cool. logo on it yeah, and stuff I like, like that. that. You like gotta that. you gotta have a little finesse in there somewhere. Yeah, I think Nick Bosa did that. Um, yeah. 
Kyler Murray's look fun, look good. I mean, the pink. I mean, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff you can go. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can go. But oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it would be nice this year. Where actually, I you know, I we won't we won't get to see anyone and walk out in the bathrobe. Which, yes. You know, it's probably a good thing, but you know, yes. <laughs> uh, this year we'll actually get to see some draft day outfits. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's gonna do it. I think that's gonna wrap our. NFL draft conversation, Joe. Thank you so much for bringing the heat, yes, sir. This was this was a good talk. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you so much, Gan the Fan Podcast Nation. Thank you so much, and I look forward to hopefully doing it again one day. Thank oh you. yeah, definitely, <laughs> man. Once the season comes back around, you you'll be here. Anyways, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.